Welcome into the At The Yard Podcast. We've got a packed show for you today. We're going to go from top to bottom covering the state, recapping a busy, busy month of January. We'll start with Blaine Clemens up in Northern California, head down through the Central Coast with Ryan Ozella, hit L.A. with Steve Doherty, and finish things off with the San Diego Swing and Jack Shannon. Stay tuned for a loaded episode of the At The Yard Podcast. Welcome into the At The Yard Podcast. We've got a full show for you today, and I am thrilled to kick things off with Blaine Clemens, NorCal Scouting Director. Uh, Blaine, it's been an incredibly uh, busy January, uh, you know, I mean, even for, for you up there, for especially for you up there with events and games, and it's been a while since we had you on, so I wanted to check in with you, and uh, first of all, welcome back to the podcast, man. How are you? I'm well. It has been a busy January. I uh, haven't had the games like you guys have had down there, but we've been dodging some weather. We've got, uh, uh, it's been cool, but we've uh, gotten three events in, seen a lot of good players, a lot of excitement uh, for the season coming up. And we've been up north and we've been uh, down to central California and, uh, and and a point in between in Lathrop. So let's, uh, let's get to it. You mean like way beyond the wall, north, north, right? <laughs> yeah, even beyond, <laughs> even beyond our wall. I kind of, where I live here in Pet- where I live here in Petaluma in the North Bay is um, it's one of the northernmost regions you would consider Bay Area. Uh, Sacramento is obviously outside of the Bay Area, um, but not that far away. But yeah, we went even further up towards Chico, uh, well to Chico, and that's from where I am. It's two and a half hours or so um, up into Olive and uh, all kinds of other agriculture area. Just a beautiful drive, um, but yeah, it's uh, it's it's quite a quite a ways up there into Aaron Rodgers' hometown. Yeah, we're, we're going to get to a couple guys from that event here pretty soon. But let, let's start things off with the Central Valley preseason ID. It's an event that we, you know, you, you started this event last year. And, uh, you know, this year it just kind of grew in, in, you know, both numbers and, and scope. I mean, starting to get a lot of attention there to some of these guys in the Central Valley that, you know, kind of otherwise uh, – wouldn't get it. And you saw a 2020 out of Clovis North, you know, obviously a big time program in the track there, Ryan O'Hara that really caught your attention. What, what can you tell us about Ryan O'Hara? He's an athletic pitcher outfitter guy, uh, a senior um, uncommitted to my knowledge at this point. And he's a player that uh, we had actually laid eyes on. Uh, I want to say in the Easter classic last year, it wasn't myself. But I can't recall if it was you or Ryan. Um, but you know, Clovis North had a really good year last year. Uh, they're expecting to have another strong season this year. Uh, they have an abundance of young players and, and, and older players. And this is one who's got a chance to impact them positively, both as a, as an outfielder, uh, offensive player. And then on the mound, uh, we saw him and this is, you know, really early January, what January 11th, I think it was and uh, quick arm, loose arm. And he's up to 88, uh, really spins a slider nicely. I uh, got a change up. has got some dive bomb action. Uh, he started off the morning on a cool morning, uh, running a blistering, um, you know, uh, six, five, four, sixty, uh, with a position, Ooh. you know, yeah. With an 88 from the outfield, um, exit velocity, you know, above, uh, 86 is how it came off the bat. So then he went on the mound later and this is he's not a big guy. Uh, he's that six foot ish, uh, five eleven, one eighty, just lean, uh, strong, uh, sinewy, uh, just really talent kind of dripping out of him and, and his coaches, you know, coach, 
coaches down, uh, Coach Preto down there has mentioned in the past, they've seen over 90 before. You could hear the kids talking when he threw his bullpen. Like they, you could hear them kind of whispering that, hey, here goes 91, you know, because they've seen that from uh, from their peer and they were looking forward to watching him watching them pitch. So, you know, there's, there's all kinds of talented kids across the state that are uncommitted as seniors. And uh, some just have to bide their time before they get an opportunity. And uh, I think Ryan's going to be one of those kids that um, will open eyes or, or confirm what people have thought about him maybe and uh, secure an opportunity as he helps lead his team towards a, uh, you know, a strong season in the, in the central section. Yeah. Him and uh, him and Riley Cooper give them, yep. give the Broncos there a nice one, two punch, don't they? So, yeah, I mean, if that's, you know, Ryan, uh, has got a couple guys to talk about from the, the Central Valley preseason ID. So let's shift over to the NorCal preseason All-State. Uh, Islanders Field there, beautiful, uh, cool, <laughs> yes. cold, foggy, foggy. morning. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah, I mean, gosh, it was, that fog was pretty dense. You, know, you, you really, don't see that a whole lot. You don't see that a whole lot in my neck of the woods. But, uh, you uh, really toughed uh, it, it out, It was man. pretty you, dense. You really toughed it out. I, I was feeling bad yeah. for you. Yeah, it, it was. Uh, I, I certainly was unprepared for that uh, that that climate. Uh, it's a lesson learned. But here we go. Uh, you know, hey, really good event, right? I mean, we had a lot of kids. You know, some committed kids, some uh, you know potential draft guy uh, or two. Uh, but you know, let, let's jump right in with the. You know, you, you went young on this group, and I love it because the 22 class, in my opinion, was possibly the best represented class there. Uh, and let's start with Logan Mock at a at a Granada High School. I mean. This guy during BP uh, was showing, uh, you know, his upside big time, wasn't he? Yeah, he, you know, so you mentioned the soupy and the foggy and the cold and uh, his round of, he's a catcher. He's a 2021 catcher out of Granada High School, which is in Livermore uh, out in the East Bay um, on the way out of the East Bay. And uh, Logan's a player we had, we had seen briefly at area code trouts, but uh, the round of BP was really, really good. Uh, the finish on the swing was really good. Um uh, you know, he, he snuck a ball out of there, which I didn't think anything was getting out of that yard at that time of day with that kind of uh, dense air and that kind of fog. Uh, seeing the ball out of the BP pitcher's hand was a challenge, let alone hitting it well. Um, and then, you know, so you, you consider that he's got offensive talent as a catcher. Uh, but then he, you know, in the, in the rest of the day, uh, he threw up a 77 mile an hour throw. Um, the feet are good. It's pop time. You, you know, he snuck one or two down below 2.0. Um, the, the velocity again, it's, it's creeping up towards that 80. And when, and, you know, when these catchers start to get 80 and, and towards, you know, the mid eighties, you're talking about, you know, on a 2080, you get up to 80 or to, eh, near average, uh, you start creeping into the, the mid eighties. You're talking about plus arms, you know, seven, 70 type arms. So, um, as a 2021, he's got a chance to keep pushing that uh, arm strength up, uh, continue to be a good looking hitter. Uh, he really works hard. I've seen him in some game actually really works hard, uh, behind the plate, um, you know, and then on the ex, on the exit velocity station, he's he kind of backed up with the BP said, uh, posting a 92 mile an hour there. So good tools. Um, not an overly physical big big guy, um, but he's he's 5'10", he's 170. So there's still room to get more physical, get stronger, uh, and continue to add to what, what he already showed us. So it's a, always exciting to see a, a talented defensive catcher uh, kind of light you up a little bit with some offensive talent. Yeah, absolutely. And that's exactly what happened with me. And, you know, I took a cue from you. And as he was stepping in the box, he kind of walked over by me and said, hey, I like this guy. Yeah. Uh, you know, and it sure certainly, you know, bore itself out. And you talked about the home run. And, you know, not only was that one a surprise, but we saw a few of them there that day that really surprised me. And, you know, another guy that didn't quite hit a home run during his BP session, but 
really looked good uh, just overall, not only on the mound, but during BP. Uh, Eli Guinness at a Berkeley High School, he's got a little bit of a unique story, uh, but he's a really, really good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's a he's a <laughs> he's a talented kid. Uh, he's an enthusiastic uh, young baseball player. And I, you know, we whenever we, you and I have talked, you know, on your podcast or publicly or whatever, I, I frequently go to just the enthusiasm of certain players that I like. I mean, I, I love talent. Uh, obviously, it's it's kind of what draws us uh, primarily to these players. But then, once you start to sift through who is talented and and then to categorize them within the talent is like who really likes to be out there. And this young man on the mound, he, he, he did it as a two-way guy that day. And, uh, he's got plenty of talent to be a, a competitive high school player as an infielder. But I think Eli's future is uh, pretty clearly on the mound. And um, just the way the arm works, uh, the way the ball comes out of his hand, uh, with the life and the aggressiveness. And there's not even a batter standing there, but though we have seen him against hitters. Uh, a fastball up to 88 on a cold morning for 2022. Um, sitting easily in the mid-80s. Uh, the curveball, I thought, is his best pitch. Just late, Agreed. late biter, uh, late break, and thrown with feel, right? There's a lot of kids that are throwing for our radar guns, and I understand it. You understand it. He throws it aggressive with with bite, tight spin, and feel, where other guys mm-hmm. are bouncing it or, or letting it go early and casting it right, trying to impress us and trying to impress the video camera. Um, this kid's impressing us with the stuff and the feel, uh, and almost like he's competing against a hitter standing there, and it's just a bullpen session. Yeah, it, 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 you talked about his enthusiasm. I mean, he had a smile you could see 20 feet from the, the check-in table. Yeah. And that smile didn't come off his face probably until he got in his car. No. I mean, that that sort of enthusiasm, you are you nailed it right on the head there. And we talked a little bit about, mentioned a little bit, uh, his unique story. He's going to Jerusalem yes. to live in a kibbutz for the spring. So he'll be back in the summer, which, that I, I mean, you know, Kudos to that young man. I mean, that's that's a life changing experience uh, and one he's not willing to, uh, you know, pass up just to play, you know, a season of high school baseball. So good for him. Absolutely. Uh, You know, another another 22 that I mean, this guy seemed to do everything right uh, as a 2022 uh, at a Modesto Christian Logan Gibson, uh, this outfielder, huge arm for a 2022. And he ran pretty well, too. Yeah, he's a kid we saw last fall. I think it was the same event that we had Eli at um, an underclass event in Marin County uh, down at College of Marin. And Logan came out that day with a little bit of a banged up ankle, uh, had one of those white, you know, like uh canvas type you know ankle braces on and said hey i'm not feeling great but i'm gonna be out here and i'm gonna do everything i got introduce himself to me uh ran pretty well through really well that day and then so now came back in january and uh i I remember our who was the guy holding the radar gun i can't remember that day but i walked over i said gonna be a good arm right here watch this no actually it was was our fungo guy it was damien yeah and i go and and he and logan let's go one he and and Damien just about fell over backwards. He goes, that is a good arm. And it was up to 92 and and not and really not a ton of big time effort to do that. Like the ball came out like a tracer. Um, yeah. And he never dropped below 89, I think, in his throws. Uh, and, and tracking, not sinking, not running, not sailing, just on bag. 
uh, easy. And he's 5'10", 145 pounds listed now. Left. Yeah, that, I'm glad, I'm glad, <laughs> I was about to say that. Yeah, he's not a big dude at all. Like, I mean, he, he's maybe 5'10 in spikes, right? Yeah. And, and, and the, but the same sort of just like overall insane athleticism showed itself at the plate, too, where he's like driving balls into the gaps. And you're like, dude, where is this coming from? Yep. He's, he's obviously uh, worked hard at, at, at you know, his, his body and his strength and whatever, however he trains and whatever unique methods he may or may not be using to to access um, the twitchiness that, he, that he's got. But it's exciting. I mean, he ran a 696, so it's a good time. It's it's not super blazing, but it's obviously uh, quite good. Um, an exit velocity of, of 86. And he's got, I think offensively, it might be the, the one tool that he's going to have to continue to work on. Um, he's going to keep getting a chance to, uh, to improve that as scouts see him because they're going to love uh, his aggressiveness. They're going to love his arm. They're going to love... Uh, they're going to like his speed. Um, they're going to be drawn to all of that. He's going to keep because he has that one plus plus tool, right? He's going to stay on the map um, and and give that bat a, a chance to come around. Um, I, it's there. I just think it sometimes takes some guys a little bit of time to figure out who they are, right? Am I a speed guy? Am I a, am I a power guy? Am I a gap to gap guy? And that can be one of the last things that a young, talented kid figures out is like, what kind of player do I need to be to uh, to, to be the best player that I can be? Yeah, he's definitely. I mean, he is very, very talented young player, and I was really, I was really stoked. I got a chance to see him uh, up at that preseason All State because, man, he he left a lasting impression uh, on us uh, and on me for sure. Uh, and it, so let's shift over to the uh, uh, the far north preseason ID held at Chico High School. Uh, you know, this past weekend, uh, you know, you saw a lot of guys there. Another event that we had to move because of rain. Fortunate to have had this past weekend uh, play itself out the way it did. Uh, looks like that rain is making its way down here. Potentially could affect our event uh, on Sunday down here, but Ooh. that's all right. We'll we'll get it figured out. But uh, you know, let's talk about let's talk about this senior shortstop Jacob Fleener out of Pleasant Valley High School. Uh, you like you like the left-handed swing? Yeah, I like a lot about him. I actually really just like his field demeanor and his presence and just kind of the calm and the. Uh, the focus, um, his father, Huck, uh, was a longtime professional baseball player. And it's interesting. And you know this in Southern California as well as anybody is there's a different I don't even want to say swagger. There's just a different air of confidence and feel for those kids that have been raised by somebody who 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 played for a long time. You know what I'm saying? And, and yeah, absolutely. And, and Jacob is a, uh, a wiry. Uh, lean body. We saw him at the area code tryout, left-handed hitting shortstop. So obviously on a profile sense uh, that grabs your attention right away because everybody's looking for a good left-handed hitting middle infielder that can play some defense. And um, and he's all of that. Now he was coming off. Uh, he, he had been sick a little bit. He had lost some weight, so he doesn't have much weight to lose. Um, he's a six-footer listed at 155. And um, part of, you know, he's an uncommitted player. Uh, he's really, really talented. He's really polished with the glove. Uh, he's polished with the arm stroke and the accuracy, and it, and it tracks the, the the hands of the plate are really loose and live, and he can he can move the baseball to all fields. Uh, he ran a 706, so that I think that's going to come down a little bit more. Um, his exit velocity, you know, he's going to go a little bit above the mid 80 at some point when he g- gains a little bit more strength and hand hand strength. Uh, the infield arm was a 77, so that can tick up just a little bit. So the term projectable player, I mean, doesn't always apply to a high school senior, but Given that you know he just hasn't gained the same physicality as some of his peers yet, um, I, that, I think that's what has got him uncommitted. He's been seen a little, but again, way up there uh, in Chico, there's not a lot. You know, we went up there in the preseason. We went down to Fresno in the preseason to try and lend our assistance to these kids that are somewhat out of the scope of, of where coaches and scouts can get to frequently. 
Um, and I was happy to see him. And I just think whether, whether, whether he goes somewhere this spring, uh, out of, out of high school or takes a junior college year or two, this is a player to know. This is a very good baseball player. Uh, the IQ was definitely there. The calm with which we, with which he did everything, uh, it, it stood out to me, and, and I really appreciate his father. We communicated. He said, hey, he hasn't been feeling great. He said, I'm not sure what to do here, and we talked through it. I said, hey, listen, if he wants to come out, you let him come out. We'll assess where he's at, and, and we'll be fair with what we what we see. Uh, just have him represent himself the best way he possibly can. And, uh, and he was really, really, really good. So he's a kid I'm going to root for this spring. Um, college coaches are listening right now. Uh, and, he, and he's at Pleasant Valley High School, so that's where Colin Barber was last year, You know, fourth-round pick, I think. Um, I believe you're right. Good, good, good baseball town, good baseball school. Uh, so left-handed hitting shortstop that can run a little bit, can definitely play defense and has got some bat talent, uh, probably should be on the radar of those still looking to fill out that class. Yeah. Not to mention the big league bloodlines, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, come on, you can't overlook that. I don't care where the kid plays and I'm glad you brought that up because that's so huge. They, kids totally carry themselves differently and just their overall depth and understanding of the game and just their awareness within the game is completely different. Yep. Uh, and how could it not be right? I mean, you're raised in it. <laughs> so then let's close it out with a senior uh, outfielder, Blake Tweed at a red bluff high school, real physical athlete who also demonstrated some tools that, that you liked. Yeah. He's another one. So he has, a, he's a twin brother. His brother, Bryce, uh, also an outfielder is uh, committed to university of Nevada. Um, it's kind of not kind of surprising to, to those up in, in Chico and that region up there. It's, it's almost mind blowing to some of them um, that, that Blake is still uh, uncommitted as well. Uh, he's, he's, he's as talented as, as his brother um, coaches and scouts, pick up on what, whatever they like about an individual, but this is a player that uh, in a showcase scenario, and again, he's another guy we saw at area code tryouts and have bred the name in a showcase scenario. He, he ran a six, six, six. He threw, you know, 87 in the outfield. I'm sorry. No, that's, that's not true. That's his, that's his exit velocity. He threw 83 uh, previously. Um, he threw 87 in this last look. So this is a six foot, 180 pound, lean, chiseled, strong, focused. You know, the old school scouts used to like to talk about how oh, he's got a good face, good face, good. I mean, that's right. You go back to, I think the, was, was it in uh, Moneyball? I think they started talking yes. about things like that, right? Like, and that's the confidence, that, that was legit confidence thing, right? with the girlfriend, right? Yeah. The ugly girlfriend. This is a handsome, but you know, Hey, this, this, this is a handsome kid with a, with a strong physical body, but, but the tools, man. And again, I think it was interesting for me. This is a player who obviously wants an opportunity, is hungry for an opportunity. And, you know, he's, his twin brother has an opportunity. That has to be very challenging just for, for him to stay the course, keep working hard, um, keep your head down, uh, play for your high school team, have a good season. They're going to come, you know, they're at Red Bluff High, which is just outside of Chico. It's a smaller school, but they've had good competitive programs over the years. But to just keep grinding and keep working, waiting for whatever it is that might, might be ahead of you, and yet still carry yourself with, Without that, I don't know, I don't want to say anger or chip, but just go like, hey, I can only control what I can control. And this kid, from by all accounts, um, is, is that kind of young man. So I think he's going to have a great season. Uh, it's, he's not an unknown player, but he's, he's again, uh, sometimes a senior can get lost a little bit. And, I, and there's not going to be a lot of college coaches going up, you know, to the 530 area code way up north there to, to see um, Blake this spring. So I was super excited when I saw his registration come in because it's a player I knew uh, is a known and a talented, talented young man. Um, and we have an opportunity to see him. We had an opportunity to now uh, talk about him. 
Um, you know, now he has the opportunity to go out and uh, earn what he, you know, uh, might might be worth. Yeah, I mean, the 666 speed alone will should provide him an opportunity, right? I mean, it's just a matter of having that visibility. And who knows, maybe, you know, maybe you'll have an opportunity to join his brother at Nevada here and, and after a good solid spring. Who knows? Yeah, for sure. But, you know, sometimes sometimes those things happen. But, well, Blaine, before I let you go, um, just I wanted to touch on a couple of things in Northern California that you are most looking forward to. Uh, you know, whether it's a particular player, a particular team, an area or, you know, a, a storyline that you find uh, interesting heading into the spring. You know, what, what's a couple of things that you're looking forward to uh, most in all of Northern California? From a team wide perspective and just like competition and, and section and stuff, De La Salle is working on a 28 game winning streak right now <laughs> from last season. So I'm just curious to see who will challenge them uh, in the in the North Coast section, Division One. Um, every year they, they are the hunted every year they lose player players and younger players come up through it. So, uh, who's going to challenge them, uh, is, is number one storyline. I think, well, one of them, uh, the sack Joaquin section out there with, with Franklin and Jesuit, um, are two schools and Turlock high, uh, out there, those they're Vacaville, uh, is working on two titles in a row. So the sack Joaquin section division one, um, season and then playoffs is, is for me, uh, another big storyline. Again, I'll, I'll go Division One Central section. The track down there, not just the track. San Joaquin Memorial is going to jump into Division One this year in the Central section. Uh, they won section or Division Two last year, so the track I think is going to be a little deeper than it was last year. So those three sections, I'm super excited to follow how that all goes. And then from a player perspective, you touched on the 2022s, and their time will come down the road, but. Northern California is blessed this year, I think, with some exceptional professional prospects. Um, yeah, no question. Not not just like fringe guys, oh, sixth, seventh round or whatever. We, we've got some of the premier players in the nation um, in Northern California this spring, uh, from um, from Soderstrom to to Susac to Kyle Harrison uh, to Chase, Chase Davis, uh, Nick York, uh, Michael Brown, uh, Rio Britton is one that I've got my eyes on, the left hander out of Capital Christian, and, and they're and they're are others as well that I didn't name right there. Uh, I think at the top though, you're, you're really looking at a, a big four, maybe a big five of Susak, Sadas from Harrison, Davis and York in no particular order. Um, these are all players that are very well regarded by the professional uh, uh, game. Uh, they've all shown well at area codes and on bigger stages. Uh, each of them has, has been in this fishbowl for some time. I expect every single one of them to uh, have very good seasons um, and some are, some are going to get first round buzz, uh, pretty significant, uh, pretty significant in that round. So for me, what a spring we got coming up. Yeah. I mean, just from the player standpoint, I, you know, you, you touched it on all those guys. I mean, heck you could have just said, you know, our NorCal pro case roster yeah, from pretty last much, year. Yeah. <laughs> with the exception of Petey Halpin, who's now down here in SoCal. So, yeah. uh, you know, you could have just said that entire roster from a player standpoint and, and you're right. Like, it, and then you talked about these, that sack Joaquin section, you know, I'm, I'm looking at the calendar. I got, I got a, a text from, uh, Cam Walty's dad, you know, they're playing against Jesuit in March. And so I was kind of looking on a, on a Monday and I was looking at some other games and I was kind of like, well, all right, well, maybe I can make a two or three day trip out of this. And, you know, but you're the thing that the, that really stood out to me there was the central section with 
San Joaquin Memorial joining D1. That's a huge storyline to me because that team is loaded and deep and, and the central section is going to be a lot of fun to follow this year because Clovis West should be improved. They will. Clovis, Clovis is going to be good. Clovis North is going to be good. Buchanan seems to always be good. They're going to roll out a bunch um, of young players that, that got some time last year and they lost a significant amount of talent Buchanan, but do not sleep on what they're bringing up uh, sophomores and juniors. Yeah, you know, so it's, I mean, it's just going to be a lot of fun to, to follow that, that section because of that reason, right? So, uh, you know, I, I'm really excited about following all those things. And, and the De La Salle story, Coach Jeans, uh, you know, one of our favorites here on the podcast and, and he's just a great guy. And you kind of hope that they keep winning, but, you know, streaks are meant to be broken. <laughs> and yeah, they are. They are. And there are some hungry teams. You know, they faced Heritage in the final last year and Heritage is going to return one of the best offensive teams in Northern California. Um, they're going to have to, and I think they've got some pitching and maybe go along with that. Some guy, guys that got a little, little time last year. So, and there's other, other hungry teams out there. So it should, uh, they'll be tested again. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Awesome. Blaine. Well, appreciate you coming on and kicking things off for us here on this little California road trip here that we're going to go on and, uh, you know, welcome back to the at the yard podcast and can't wait to keep catching up with you this spring. Thanks Les. We'll be right back with NorCal Area Scout, Ryan Ozella. Continuing our trip down the state, we'll head over to the Central Coast and check in with Central Coast Scout, Ryan Ozella, who's been just as busy as everybody else here across the state, traversing the state, getting to events and seeing players. But Ryan, it's been a while. Let's check in, see how you're doing. Uh, and of course, we have some players to chat about, but first, you know, how are, how are things? It's been a busy January for you. Yeah, absolutely, and it's one of those fun times of the year. Uh, you know, it's always about optimism early in the season. Guys don't have any type of a record. There's no batting average, so uh, the confidence is really high, and I think that's one of the best times to see guys is because then you can do a little bit more of that projecting and uh, not having those guys who are sometimes getting into their domes after, you know, a bad day or two. So I'm excited. It's been a really fun January, and uh, I'm ready for the spring season to kick off. Yeah, I, that's a very good point about getting your own dome. I mean, I think us as adults do it too, right? So, oh, yeah, let, 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 let's jump in. You've been uh, – you covered all the uh, NorCal events that we've uh, had. I saw you up at the NorCal preseason All-State, uh, close to 75 players, I think it was, or closer to 80 players. Uh, foggy morning there at Islanders, um, Islanders Park, man, but a really good day in – we saw a lot of really good guys, and I know one of the guys that stood out to you was the uh, 22 right-handed pitcher uh, out of San Benito High School, Jackson Pace, the uh, USC commit. What do you got on him? Yeah, I saw Jackson a lot last year when I was doing my CCS focus. Uh, he was one of those guys that the first time I saw him, I, I had to write down the name and start uh, really focusing on him because the projection there is is really high. I mean, he's uber projectable frame, 6'3", 6'4", probably 205, um, plenty of space to keep growing. Uh, and the arm action itself right there is really projectable as well. Uh, during the event, he was 87, 89. Um, and, you know, honestly, I would not be surprised to see him work in the low 90s this spring. Uh, the changeup that he had tunneling off the two seam fastball was really, really uh, impressive. It's, it's going to be very tough for hitters to kind of square those two pitches up. Uh, and then he's got a little short slider that comes out of that same tunnel, which, um, you know, if you're guessing you're, you're, you're in trouble as a hitter, because there's no way you're going to be able to try and catch all three of those pitches. Yeah. Uh, and I, I like what you said about his frame there, because you're right. Six, three. Uh, whatever I think you said 185 190 but there still is a lot of room for growth like especially in the upper half right like his shoulders sure. 
his shoulders seem like they're not they're not quite narrow, but they're not, you know, full, the, like the full broad shoulders that you would anticipate will happen by the time he's an 18 year old senior. Right. For sure. I mean, once he gets into that grown man strength, it's going to be really impressive to see, um, you know, to me, I, I think in two years or three years now that it, it's got the 22 draft is going to, he's going to be a guy that's a lot of scouts are going to be circling and trying to get and see, because, uh, to me, I think he's got first round upside here in the near future. Yeah, I, I don't disagree with you there. He was really good. That was the first time I'd seen him in, in a very, very long time. And I mean, as you know, as long as you can be for a guy who's only a sophomore. But, uh, you know, it's it was it's been a while since I had seen him. And, you know, you see him on video is one thing. But to see him in person, uh, again, the size, I think, you know, we might even be under underselling it a bit. And, you know, you talked about his his potential, you know, high draft status come the 22 class. The other 22 guy that was there that I think is a surefire, uh, you know, high draft guy is the 22 shortstop right-handed pitcher at a sacred heart cathedral, Lucas Kelly, uh, a guy that to me, Ryan, once I saw him taking BP, I think it was the third hit, uh, the second swing, uh, really caught our attention, right? That and about three other ones. Yeah, I think uh, about swing two through seven were just monster balls off of the bat that, you know, the first four of those were out of the park. And then the next one was an absolute shot in the left center field. Um, You know, Lucas is a kid that I saw another freshman last year who the hit tool was really, really impressive Uh, playing in the West Catholic League. There's a lot of really good arms in that league. And he went and hit uh, and he hit everybody hit like 360 as a freshman last year. Um, So his bat to ball skills were always there. But the power that he's added is really, really impressive. Um, And if he can keep tapping into that more and more consistently, you're right. He's going to be an easy first round type of guy because uh, he looks like a guy who's going to be a power third baseman here in the very, very new, very, very near future. Yeah, and I'm glad you brought that up because he is also 6'3", 190, you know, listed as a shortstop, worked out as a shortstop, looked good as a shortstop. I mean, he handled himself with just fine at shortstop. But, I mean, you got to figure if, you know, as the frame continues to develop, you know, potentially there is a slide over to third base. But, I mean, he did very well uh, at shortstop. And then he hopped on the mound and looked pretty good there too, right? I mean, you were behind the plate. I was behind him uh what'd you see from him there yeah uh, the arm like you said it was really clean really smooth uh work 84 86 uh the extension he got down the hill his use of his legs was really impressive uh you're right the shortstop skills were there uh you know i think one of the things that was good for him is he got to play in front of a guy or behind a guy last year in Keyshawn ogans who's now at cal who was a really good shortstop who probably helped push him a little bit um, and get that footwork and that glove work to be a, a better place. Uh, and he's going to keep getting better. You know, he's going to take over the sixth spot for Sacred Heart this year. Uh, and I, I'm in 100% agreement with you. I think the the highest upside of one of the position players in that class in this area. Yeah, he's a guy that got an invitation to the Futures game. So I hope that, uh, you know, all the all the eyes on him this spring don't sway him away from that. So, uh, But, you know, if, if they do, good for him because he certainly deserves it. Very, very good player. And another guy who is a very good player that we had seen before that showed up and just, I mean, to me looked like a different player almost, you know, altogether was Michael Mugen out of Monterey, a guy that you see probably – you know, a whole, a whole lot more frequently than I do the Santa Clara commit. I mean, he looks more physical and it looks like that's really translated to his overall game. Wouldn't you say? Absolutely. And I think for him, it's really been the process. You know, we talk about that with a lot of guys and he's really stuck to it. He's really been grinding on it. Uh, and you were right. That man strength has really come in. You could tell he's really barreled up into the shoulders, into the arms, the chest. 
Um, but the show he put on too as well, you know, it was early in the day when he was hitting and the fog was a little heavy uh, and he was hitting some balls right into the fog that were were rockets out off the bat. Um, and you can see the power's really starting to come through. He's done a really good job cleaning up his load continuing to be athletic but not losing some of that load that he had when he was really over over rotational um, everything's going right through the baseball and you could see it jumping off the bat uh, he's really good in the outfield too I really liked the arm action uh, it's loose he can play all three spots he's a good runner uh, to me he's a guy that I think if he goes and has a prime big 2020 like he could uh, I would not be surprised if some MLB draft started calling his name a little bit more and seeing what he could do yeah, I think that's something that we were talking about there at the event because, I mean, you, you talked about the fog, and I think it's important. We, we can't undersell it. Like, you could not see second base when we first walked onto the field, right? So, Absolutely. You know, and then we – you know, the, and the event started probably 45 minutes later or an hour later, so it wasn't much clearer. Uh, and these guys were just hitting missiles into that dense fog. And to me, what really impressed me is everything you talked about not being over-rotational. Like, that is so spot on, right? Like, he's – the barrel is in the zone longer with him now, and it's more on plane, more consistently for him. And then this added strength, uh, you know, is certainly helping him. But, you know, prior to the preseason All-State, uh, you and Blaine took a ride over to the Central Valley and, and you know, put on the, uh, the Central Valley preseason ID there uh, at uh, Clovis North High School. And you saw a couple guys there that, that really caught your attention. One, a 2021 that we saw at the at the, uh, the Fresno Easter Classic last spring and outfielder Tanner, Tanner Segusby uh, from Santa Joaquin Memorial. And here's a guy that, I mean, he just seems like he just keeps getting better, better and better each time you see him, right? Yeah, and that was one of those ones, you know, at the Fresno Easter Classic, I think the game we were both sitting at, he had two bombs, you know, into the jet stream that took off. Um, jumped on the mound, was really good there, kind of played a couple different positions, moved around. Um, to me, he's a really, he's a power hit and power arm right fielder. Um, the arm strength was really easy, really present, uh, stays in the pocket and just lets it loose. Um, balls were jumping out of his hand. And uh, then the bat was one of those ones that was really impressive as well. Uh, he, his hands are really loose, really easy, um, but the strength is there and he was driving balls into gaps uh, and finished a couple over the fence. Uh, the upside, I agree, is just really high. He continues to keep getting better. And, uh, and to me, he's one of the top uncommitted 21 outfielders still left around, um, which I know there's not many because that's an, an area that a lot of schools really try to get at early. And uh, he's a guy that I think could be really good at the next level. I think somebody should be trying to get on his name real quick. Well, if you look at their schedule this year, I mean, they're playing a lot of out of area teams that are going to draw a lot of eyes. You know, they're coming down to Orange County for the National Classic. That's going to draw a lot of eyes. I mean, you're right. If I'm a recruiter, this is one of those type of hyper athletic, very physically strong outfielders that will make a difference on the next level. And uh, I, I don't envision him being uncommitted too much. Uh, too long after the spring season, if he, you know, if he even gets that far. Uh, but there's there's another 23 out of Clovis North that caught your attention. I I didn't get a chance to see him. Uh, Jaden Mandel, uh, what do you got on him? Yeah, Jaden Mandel, he's a two-sport guy. He's a big-time quarterback in the area. Uh, he's a Clovis North kid who uh, the projection is really easy for him. He's really big. He's really physical. The square shoulders, the length and the lengthy arms and stuff. Uh, you can tell he still has a lot of room to keep growing, uh, and which is always good to see as an incoming freshman. But the skills that were there were really physically advanced for his age, um, and the tools really were the bat-to-ball skills. I mean, he, he was putting on a show during batting practice. Uh, easy, easy leverage, driving balls in the left center field gap over the left field wall at the end. Um, and then when his defense was out there, he's playing shortstop, 
good feet, good, uh, good hands, uh, with the frame. I think he's going to end up being at third base in the long run, just because of how big he is and how wide he is and strong. Um, but at the end of the day, the, the footwork is really there. Uh, the arm strength is there. He was, you know, letting balls loose across the line and it wasn't even like he was putting it hundred percent. Um, and it's one of those guys that I think that, you know, he has a 2023, he's going to be a name to follow for the next couple of years without a doubt. Yeah, it's just another guy in that system, right? That Clovis North, that track baseball system is just exactly. It is yeah. so. It is so. I mean, like those that get it, get it and understand it. And it, but you know, the people kind of close their mind to the quality of baseball that takes place in the track. Man, it's it's really really impressive, and they just seem to come out of the woodworks every year. Yeah, uh, last right. few years, and we've had really good Central Valley preseason IDs where we've seen some really talented kids, and uh, I'm excited to get back out there again, either for the Easter Classic again or maybe early in the season here. Yeah, I mean, you're right. I mean, the, the last couple of years, and that you know, that's an event that just kind of keeps growing and growing uh, in that area too, which. You know, and just kind of based on conversations with some of the coaches in the area, you know, they they really, really welcome it. You know, it's an underserved area and we're trying to do our best to get there as often as we can. And, you know, we we love we love the Central Valley. That's for sure. Absolutely. Right on, Ryan. Well, I appreciate you making some time to come on and, you know, we'll be checking in with you periodically here over the next few weeks as things get going in the Central Coast section. Uh, But, uh, you know, until then, really appreciate you coming on, man. Always fun talking with you, Les. Looking forward to this year. We'll be right back with SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. Making our way down from the Central Coast into Ventura in L.A. County with SoCal Area Scout Steve Doherty. Doe, it has been a crazy, crazy January. Uh, You've been all over the place. I'm really excited to catch up with you because you've seen a lot of guys uh, but, you know, hey, how, how are things? Um, you know, what are you looking forward to the most here this spring after just this busy, busy January? Yeah, thank, thanks. Number one, thanks for having me on. And, and it has. It's been a busy January and uh, a lot of guys to see out there. A lot of, uh, a lot of, lot of draft guys, potential draft guys, potential first rounders. Um, it it kind of makes your head spin a little bit just to just to kind of focus on uh, on one when there's just so many players. So. I'm uh, really looking forward to the spring and uh, and getting after it. So just can continue our boots on the ground scouting. Yeah, man. Well, let's let's dive in. We got a lot of dudes to talk about. You know, the first one is the, you know, the number one player nationally in the PBR rankings and certainly in our California rankings, Pete Crow Armstrong. Uh, PCA, you had a chance to see him a couple times. Uh, I have not yet seen him, you know, this January, I guess you can say. Uh, we'll plan planning on seeing them very, very soon, but obviously a guy we're, we're really familiar with, you know, from, I mean, heck his freshman year, you know, forward, but you had a chance to see him here at the MLB, uh, the MLK, the Long Beach state camp in kind of a unique scenario there. Right. Why don't you tell us about that? Yeah. Well, you know, PCA went on his, his official recruiting trip to Vanderbilt. And so we all thought that, you know, he was just going to take the week off from the MLK team camp. And, uh, you know, what do you know, a surprise on, on Monday morning, he hops off a plane, uh, comes down to Long Beach State and, and gets in the game to the surprise of, of all of us. So um, just, you know, th- this kid, Les, you know, five tool player, he's obviously, you know, famous and he, he's been talked about uh, 
you know, in the first round, you know, this year. And so uh, I don't think any of that is going to change barring injury. And I hope this kid stays healthy all the way through it. But um, just that five to a player all around type of player. He plays hard, plays with passion. And obviously the tools are just, you know, oozing out of him. And um, just going to be a treat to kind of see what he does this year and where he ends up uh, come June. Well, you saw him do what? Get like seven hits in a double header or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I did. And that was the week prior, a couple of weeks prior to the MLK uh, Long Beach State team camp. I went in on uh, on a series, um, a, a double header. They had Bishop Gorman in and one of those one of those three team double headers that they do. And this kid racked up seven hits on the day. I mean, it was just they, they, they couldn't get him out. I mean, it, that rarely happens. And, um, you know, obviously there's, there's a lot of heat in the stands, a lot of decision makers. And it was, you know, uh, <laughs> for being so early, I mean, he just kind of put his name firmly uh, into the conversation of being that, you know, from anywhere from one to, you know, 10th pick in, in the draft. And so you just hope he just continues to do that. Uh, I don't see anything that will be stopping him <laughs> and, and moving forward. So uh, just a real treat to see. We got it on tape. I wrote about it. And then obviously, you know, the following week with the MLK team camp in, in Long Beach, we, we got to see him hop off the plane and, and do the same thing. I mean, this guy just wakes up and hits. It's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, you, you know, you talk about him being anywhere between one and ten potentially, and another guy that's making a big jump since a move to SoCal is, you know, outfielder Petey Halpin from Miracosta, a guy that we also saw at Area Codes. He was at our NorCal Pro Case last June, uh, really showed well there. You know, obviously did the whole circuit during the summer, but uh, a guy that stood out to both you and I at the trials last year. Uh, here at Bullerton and then you know surprises everybody makes the move down from NorCal and you've seen him now several times this preseason uh, you know what have you seen from him you, you know because here's a guy that everybody's talking about you know him and PCA are you know potentially the two top outfield prospects definitely in our state yeah you know what you know as far as PCA and PD goes neck and neck for me uh, like you said we you know we obviously saw him with the A's in the area code games in the in the 2019 USA trials there in, at uh, Fullerton Junior College thought he was gonna have a great shot to make the team maybe it was just PCA was just a tick above him at that particular time but got to see him now in, in the preseason another one of these five tool tool players and um, you know I think there were some questions regarding his power, and I really think he's starting to really develop that power. And I know just from uh, just from looking, he's really made some physical gains, and he's starting to fill out his uniform. You know, the speed's there, the arms there, the hit tools there. He can go get it in the outfield, and now uh, he may even be a tick above PCA as far as the power tool is concerned. And I know it's really exciting a lot of the scouts. So, you know, you're gonna you might be hearing this guy's name obviously in the top ten, maybe top fifteen picks in the draft. And and obviously, you know, these guys have to produce and they have to, um, you know, sort of put it on tape, as I like to say, for for it to happen. And and that's exactly what this kid is doing. Really impressive. Um, and he just, you know, is making this already good Miracosta team a lot better. Yeah, you know, I'm glad you talked about the physicality because we did see him at area code games. And, you know, we saw him, like I said, at the NorCal Pro Case. 
you know, when you're on the field with him, it, it was like, okay, you know, he's, he's a little on the skinnier side, but you know, then we saw him at the media day, what last week, two weeks ago, you know, talking to him, they're pretty up close and, and, and in front and you're right. I mean, physically he has, he has added a lot of strength to his body, just like Jared Jones has the other guy we want to talk about in this 20 class. And, you know, we saw him obviously at the pro case last June, and then we saw him at the media day again, up close. And the first thing that really stands out with Jared Jones is just how much more physical he is, even from like area code games. Right. I mean, to me, at least that's the first thing that I caught my yeah. attention. Yeah, no, absolutely. We, and, and we've talked about it at length, obviously, you know, he's coming off off that big summer circuit and, and the area code games, and he's doing all these, um, all, all these games and and you know you started to question hey is the body breaking down a little bit i know he dropped down at velo but you know after the Erico games he's obviously had some time to rest and and really focus on on his body and that's you know coming out the first first look he didn't even actually get to pitch my first look this this fall but fit uh physical uh, th- this kid is ready to go, and then obviously, you know, a week later, I believe you you may have seen him in the MLK, but I got to take a look at him in in a preseason game at at Notre Dame, and this kid came out firing, you know, 97 to and he touched 99, and it's loose, it, it's easy, uh, it, it looks, it just looks ready to go. So maybe this that time in between the area code games. And now really got a chance for, for the body to rest. Um, and he's really made some serious gains uh, with his physicality. And that that's only going to help him because I know last some of the questions were, hey, you know, when this guy gets in the pro ball, you know, will his will this will his body hold up to pitching every five days? And from what we've seen already early here, it it, it looks it looks like it is. And I just hope um and I know Zerny's going to take care of him, uh, and I just we we all hope he's just going to really stay healthy and really make a push, and and just see where he ends up in June. Yeah, I like what you said there. We all hope, right? Like those of us that are around La Mirada baseball and know Zern well, and I mean, I don't I don't know Jared well. I wouldn't say, but I mean, I know Jared, right? I mean, I don't know what level your relationship is, but. That kid has, you know, all three of these guys, they got, you know, the future is so bright ahead of them. You just hope that they can stay healthy and make the most of the opportunity. Right. And, and it's just, it, it, you know, you just, that's what you hope for, I guess, from my standpoint, at least, but you know what, though, that's the now let's talk about the future here. Cause you saw some guys that in a couple of years uh, are going to be names that we're going to be talking about on this same level with the draft. Right. And the guy that obviously you're very familiar with the dude that, I became familiar with as a freshman last year, uh, Andrew Walters out of Corona. This is a, I mean, he's starting, he's starting to separate himself with this power, isn't he? He certainly is. And, and, you know, we, we, we've known about him for you know, a couple of years now. And then, um, we, uh, we obviously got to see him at the area code game under class tryouts and he didn't make that team, which was a little bit of a surprise to some, and and you know it just it seemed that this this kid is so hungry uh you know for what's to come and I've seen him now uh, a few times in the preseason obviously the the physical tools really stand out the power starting to develop 
Um, he's an infielder. He start. He kind of made a home at third base. Andy Wise over there has some has some good pieces to kind of move around the infield and and you know this kid's still a sophomore less. And so we got two more years, well, three more years, three more seasons, uh, you know, take a look at what this guy's going to do. Hungry, focused. Um, it's just like he is, he is on a complete mission, uh, to, to get to one spot, San Diego state, uh, commit. He, he just committed, um, not too long ago, probably, you know, a couple months ago now, but really exciting player, um, he's obviously one of the leaders right now on that team, on that Corona high school team that, that Andy Wise leads. And, um, wow, the future is certainly bright for this kid. Yeah, no, no doubt there. And, and he's, he's a guy that, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing this, not only this spring, but into the summer. Cause I mean, you got to figure he's a lock for the underclass area code team, uh, you know, and then obviously into the fall with with scout ball and, and what have you. But the other 22, you, you we've seen a bunch now. And, uh, you know, just watching on the video that I've seen that that you've put out, I mean, it looks like his swing, which is crazy to think about, has gone to a, a kind of another level, too. Um, and, you know, to me, these two guys from a power standpoint in the 22 class are really beginning to separate themselves. And that's catcher Luke Davis out of Cyprus. Uh, what do you got? Yeah, Luke Davis, switch hitting, uh, power hitting catcher, um, you know, extremely toolsy. Obviously, being a catcher, you know, he doesn't have that speed tool, but some of this, you know, the hit, the power, the arm, the glove, and the defense are just right up to par with any, uh, w- with anyone. And obviously, we we obviously agree he's our number two ranked player in that 22 class, but. Um, you know, progress is occurring at, at a rapid pace. Um, and what I said in my story uh, this past week, it just seems like Les, he's been around here for three, four years, but we've only seen him for two. I mean, he's only a sophomore. So, um, you know, big things for this guy uh, to come. And it's just, you know, exciting to see these young players. And I got to see Luke and Andrew, you know, play against each other in that Don's Roll Fall Classic uh, that they just had. And, and it's just been a, it's just been a treat to kind of see the level of players, um, this fall and, and just really excited to follow them into the spring and see what they do. Yeah. And, and the thing that really stood out to me is, uh, with Davis, when I saw them earlier in the fall is the, his level of defense behind the plate seems to be elevated a little bit too. So that's something to kind of follow moving forward but let's close it out though with a guy that we are very familiar with and a guy that nationally most people are very familiar with uh rated very highly for us in the 23 class owen egan out of ukaipa uh, we had him at the riverside preseason all state uh he came out was 91 from the outfield uh just a huge arm uh hitting missiles all over the field mid 80s on the bump uh, but you've seen him outside of that a bunch. Uh, give us the rundown on Owen Egan. Yeah, one one of these you know famous young guys, USA kid that's been in that in that program now for a couple of years, and um, you know a, a 23 kid that just doesn't play like a a freshman. He plays like a, a a seasoned you know senior, and so you know coming from a team that's had some success, they have some players, and sometimes I feel like I'm. I'm not giving enough credit to the other guys in the team with, you know, the Andrade's, the Rhymers, 
um, on that Ukaipa team, but Owen Egan is firmly planted at the top of that lineup. He's a he's the table setter. He's also one of their number one or two guys on the mound. I mean, this guy just brings it all to the table. He's going to be a key factor for this Ukaipa team going forward this year. And um, wow, tools, um, athleticism, strength. You know, you don't really get to see this kind of stuff in, in a freshman. We have a couple times in years past, but, you know, those are few and far between. Um, Owen Egan is an impact player right now, and it, it's just going to be amazing to watch this kid for the next four seasons less. We get to watch this guy. Yeah, he's no, no question an impact player right now. All right, Dosa, before I let you go, give me one or two things that you're looking forward to the most in the Southern section baseball that starts here in about 10 days. You know, I'm just, I'm just looking forward to all the players and I haven't, and I feel, feel like I'm cheating a few guys a little bit further down in the Ventura County, the Regios, the Muncie's, all these guys. So there's still a whole bunch of players to go look at and, and get out there and show the rest of uh, Southern California what's out there. So just more players, more quality baseball, um, happening in Southern California and uh, just meet and get to get to know a lot of these kids, uh, a lot more of the coaches and just, you know, looking for a fantastic, you know, season of baseball. I, th- I think we're going to get it. Yeah. Well, we're excited to have you on board and follow along with, with all of that. So man, I appreciate you coming on. Thanks Les. Appreciate it. Up next, we'll go on the San Diego swing with Jack Shannon. We wrap up this California road trip with the San Diego Swing as we bring in Jack Shannon to recap a busy January in America's finest city. Jack, it's been a while since we've had you on. How are you, man? I'm doing great. Uh, Happy to be back on. Uh, Baseball's in full swing. San Diego Swing is is coming out hot. I'm excited for this coming season. Saw a lot of good things the last couple weeks. Yeah, we'll get we'll get to some of those things that we're both excited about in the San Diego section this season. But, you know, we had we kicked off January with our preseason all state. We had you. You came for that event at J. Sarah. We saw, you know, a bunch of guys there. Uh, but then our, our focus shifted thereafter to MLK weekend. Right. Which is a huge deal in San Diego with team camps going on at UCSD, San Diego State and you know, of course, your alma mater at USD, and it's just such a big deal because it gives us a chance to see a lot of those teams from San Diego in one area. But, you know, you got out to USD and and your alma mater, like I said, and, you know, take us through a little bit about just teams that were there and what you saw a little bit there in general before we dive into some of these players. Yeah, well, it's just really cool opportunity for the schools uh, in general to have a long weekend. It's kind of like a mini spring training. I wrote about that a little bit. I mean, sunny, you know, crisp days uh, and give the give the kids an opportunity to uh, line up against good competition. I think I was pretty surprised to see how competitive the games were. Uh, the guys dugouts from the first inning till the seventh were loud and focused and intense uh everyone was out there hustling i was just very impressed um with that part of it that the the guys were coming out of the shoot ready to play and uh i was very uh happy to see 
Um, all of the San Diego teams played tough against the, uh, you know, tough uh, Orange Lutheran. Uh, there's a game under the lights with Christian Rodriguez starting and, you know, a lot of scouting heat in the stands and a young Madison team uh, had them on the ropes early. I mean, it was two to one into the fifth Madison and uh, kind of a, you know, kind of caught them off guard and they were just attacking first pitch fastballs. So uh, there's a lot of, a lot of good little things like that throughout the weekend. That's what I, that's what I think makes the USD team camp really unique, right? It's like you get that half orange County, you know, maybe LA County, Riverside County teams, and then you get half San Diego teams. So that adds a little bit to that. And then, you know, then you go for me, uh, you know, I get over to San Diego state. I love that because it's generally, it's generally just eight San Diego teams and it usually brings out, you know, the best of the best. And when you kind of look at the next four recruiting classes, right? Like the 2021, 20, 22, 23 classes, I mean, you had guys that are at or near the top of our rankings in the state uh, represented at San Diego State, you know, with San Marcos, Eastlake, Kyle Carr out of San Marcos, Marcelo Mayer out of Eastlake, and Finn McElroy out of Carlsbad, and Duke Ekstrom out of Point Loma. Uh, you know, for me, that's just, that's awesome, right? And, and you got a chance to get over to San Diego State as well. And, you know, what was the vibe there? You described the vibe at USD. You know, what was your overall vibe at San Diego State? Uh, very, very similar. Uh, kind of like, like you said, though, a little bit more battle of San Diego uh, over there. It was eight strictly San Diego teams. Uh, but it's always fun to get, you know, the North County teams, seeing the uh, South Bay teams and uh, having them line up and, and to, you know, Kyle cars quickly become uh, the scouting prospect buzz in the county. Uh, a little bit similar to Keone Cavaco last year, where, um, you know, he didn't pitch last season a single inning, and now we're talking, you know, early round draft pick potentially, and um, national cross checkers coming out in, in January to see him throw, um, which is, is uh, speaks volumes for uh, how some people are viewing him and uh, where he's at right now. So to get that kind of, uh, you know, scouting heat in the stands this early in the year, it's pretty special and uh, really good just for, for everyone involved, you know, not just him, but, you know, his teammates and the opposing, uh, the opponents and uh, the tournament in general. Yeah. And, and you, you're right. I, I was there for that start, uh, you know, for that he had. Uh, and it was, you know, we all kind of know why it was maybe so crowded there. Uh, you know, there was a video on Twitter uh, indicating some velocity reads, uh, you know, he, while he, he, while he did not reach those velocities in this outing, he was still very sharp and still, you know, 91 to 92. And, you know, then he kind of dipped down a little bit after that. I mean, understandably, right. It's January. Uh, but the thing that really impressed me, Jack, and I know you've seen it a lot more than I have, uh, is his overall athleticism, uh, and his overall ability and how that translate at the plate. I mean, he is a really, really good hitter uh, and just a really good athlete in general. Yeah, 100%. I mean, he is a true two-way player. I think he would be a great two-way player in college and have a lot of success. Uh, I mean, he's he's more of a hitter outfielder than a pitcher at this point in terms of, you know, innings played and at bats and focus. You know, he's 
He's travel ball out center fielder hitting third in the lineup and has had success for a long time. So he's an extremely raw pitching prospect, which a lot of people like. And, you know, there's a lot to like about that because, you know, his ceiling is high and his projectability is high because, you know, he's had so limited usage, but he, you know, he's thrown in the nineties and he's left-handed and very athletic. So, um, kind of a lot of things going in there that, uh, are good, but a lot of questions that are going to be need to be answered this coming season. Yeah, definitely a high ceiling player there, whether it, you know, he takes the college route or whether he blows up on the mound and he goes the pro ball route. But, you know, another guy who's almost a lock to go the pro ball route is uh, the shortstop Marcelo Mayer out of Eastlake. And, you know, this is a guy that it seems like he's been around for 10 years, right? I mean, we've, we've been watching him for now going into his fourth year of high school. And, uh, you know, I know I got a chance to see him that day, uh, that Saturday there uh, at San Diego State. I believe you saw him as well. And uh, I, I mean, he's about as polished as they come on the dirt. And it looks like the bat is... I mean, it's hard to say that it's getting better, but uh, uh, right. I mean, there's more power behind it. Uh, there's more whippiness to the barrel. Uh, it's like the bat speed is improved. Um, you know, what's your take on on Marcelo Mayer? He's just he's just smooth and, and a complete player. Uh, you know, I don't think he's as flashy as Keone was last year, um, but you know, he just he's out there and he's he's getting hits. He's making every play. Um, and, and, and he just gets it done and he's, he's just the kind of guy that you watch and, and, you know, his, his swing is just, it's just natural, you know, it's just natural ability, um, that I like, and, you know, he might not be the flashiest player out there, but he's a really good player. And, uh, 2021, you know, the best 2021 in San Diego and, you know, they've got an ace in their rotation. Who's a 2021 race, the Bolski going to long beach. So with, with the state championships um, coming in line next year, I'm, I'm, you know, East Lake next season, it could be, you know, it could be a huge year for them as a team. And just to uh, watch Marcelo this year is going to be a lot of fun. And the fact that, you know, he's got two years left in high school, it's just crazy because he's already had so much success um, in high school and on the tournament and showcase circuit. So uh, just a great player to watch and another, uh, you know, high potential high pick in the long line of East Lake Titans. Yeah. And the thing that really impressed me was, you know, obviously left-handed hitter. So I was over on the third base side, trying to get some open side uh, video of him and, you know, third base coach, uh, Ramon Orozco, a guy we both know very well says he's after, after Marcelo got a hit says, watch this. He's been working on it. Uh, and it was, you know, basically extending his lead and implementing more of a running game. Uh, and the guy, the pitcher picked up on it and threw over about five or six times. Uh, and Marcelo eventually stole the base. And it was it was really something else to see, because if he can add the speed game uh, to his overall game, I mean, wow, you know, watch out. Yeah. So let's let's move over to the 22 class and. Uh, Right-handed pitcher Finn McElroy out of Carlsbad is a guy that is starting to gar- garner a lot of uh, national attention, I think you could say, uh, particularly after, uh, you know, us just kind of being there and, and seeing him this uh, MLK weekend. Uh, I didn't get a chance to see him pitch. Um, I did, however, get a chance to see him hit. 
Uh, and you know, there's, there's, there's some potential there as well. Yet another super athletic, uh, multi-sport guy, huh? Yeah. Uh, classic, you know, North County coastal kid, uh, surfer plays water polo, baseball, you know, doing, doing, uh, things that, you know, high school athletes should, should be doing and, you know, extremely athletic and throwing low nineties as a freshman. I think he's about six four. Uh, just you know, checking the checking the boxes early of what scouts, pro and college, you know, want to see in a top tier um, prospect, and just a big time arm to watch. Uh, limited usage last year, so again, this season's going to be interested to see how they're going to implement him into their team. But Carlsbad is definitely looking like a solid squad this year, so I think he's kind of going to be there you know, their secret weapon, maybe their closer, because he can hit and play third too. So, um, and he's got, you know, he's got three years left in, in, in high school, three years of baseball left. So I'm, I'm assuming they'll manage his workload and, and, you know, maximize his time at third and on the mound, but just an, uh, an exciting young arm to watch. And it's great to see, um, kids like that coming out and, um, and a story where a guy that plays water polo and surfs and, and, and does other things other than just playing baseball here. It's good to see things like that still happening in 2020. Yeah, no doubt. And particularly with guys that are as talented and projectable and have, you know, as high a ceiling as he does uh, on the baseball diamond, it's definitely good to see that. And, you know, another, another high ceiling and highly projectable guy is 2023 right-handed pitcher Duke Ekstrom. Uh, at a point Loma. Uh, I did not again, get a chance to see him, uh, see him pitch, but uh, I did get a chance to see him hit. And a lot like McElroy, you know, there's a whole lot of potential there as an athletic hitter. Uh, But, you know, obviously his future is, I think pretty clearly on the mound. You you did get a chance to see him pitch, correct? Yeah. I've seen him pitch twice. Now I remember last early last summer, June, I got a text from you and it was like, Dude, you got to see this Duke guy. He's 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 a big time arm. Team USA, you know, pitching in against Panama and stuff like that. So um, I got to see him over the summer, and then uh, he closed out a game on uh, Martin Luther King Day at San Diego State, and just you know, very polished for a freshman. You know, free pitch mix. You know, locating this fastball side to side. You know, doing doing a lot of good things, but a lot of things that you know. I can pretty much count on a hand how many freshman pitchers I've seen be able to pitch like that. So, um, you know, he's well, very mature, you know, ahead of his time. Um, and it looks like he's got, you know, he's not fully built, you know, he's not a 14 year old that's, you know, done growing, um, physically. So, um, I'm expecting more and a big jump in his fastball. And again, just, uh, similar to Finn McRoy, a, a big time right-handed arm, young arm to, uh, watch the next four years. And again, on a, on a good team point Loma's loaded, uh, with talent and, uh, you know, they're going to use him and, you know, he, I wouldn't be surprised if, uh, he ends up as their ace, you know, number one guy come playoff time. Yeah. But point Loma is very talented and that's, that's, that's a good summation on, on not only Duke Ekstrom, but kind of Point Loma as a whole. And I think it's a good transition to my last question to you before I let you go is, 
you know, give me one or two things that you are looking forward to this spring here in the San Diego section. Uh, you know, I know that you've had a chance to see a lot of players here in January. You obviously saw 75 odd games last year. Uh, but, you know, what, what's one or two thing that uh, you're really looking forward to here this this coming spring uh, out of the San Diego section? Um, well, you know, this weekend I saw a lot of parity with the San Diego teams in a good way. So I'm just looking forward to seeing, you know, which pitching staffs kind of rise to the occasion because it seems like San Diego is a little bit more, you know, the hitting's a little bit better than the pitching right now. So um, I'll be interested to see, you know, how how the pitching, what pitching staff answers the call early on um, because, you know, at the end of the day, defense wins championships and, uh, you know, Sage Creek is a good example of that last year, their pitching rose to the occasion and got them a championship. So, you know, that was a team early in the year that no one was even talking about. Um, Steven Klensky was, you know, he, he was lightly mentioned and he ended up being, you know, pitcher of the year. And I think he was first team P all PBR all state. So, um, Again, which pitching staff, which pitcher is going to rise to the occasion? I think, you know, there's an arm over at Canyon Crest, Cole Collarin, that, um, you know, is in line for a big season. Uh, he'll be a guy to watch in a good in a good league. And, uh, yeah, pitching in general, I'm interested to see who rises to the occasion. And then the big two-headed monster over at Helix with Lonzo Richardson, who is a PBR pro case guy, and Jordan Thompson heading to LSU. It'll be fun to watch um, two low 90s shortstop right-handed pitchers competing. So um, I'm interested to see how the pitching goes. Yeah. As a former pitcher, that's no surprise that you are interested in seeing how the pitching goes for me. I think the big story out of the San Diego section is for me is who is going to be this year's Morse, right? Nobody talked about Morse baseball last year and, you know, they went on to win a, a San Diego section champion. So those are the stories I like. So I, I'm interested to see who's going to be this year's Morse, uh, you know, so I, I, that should be kind of fun. Yeah, I agree. And I think this year too, we've got a, we've got a nice uh, San Diego state intern helping us out. So I think, you know, between me and him, we're going to be able to get out and see a lot more and get to those, get to some uh, smaller schools and really zone in on, on more players. So I think, you know, as, as PBR San Diego goes, we're, we're setting up for a big spring, exciting spring. Yeah. The coverage is going to be off the charts. Well, Jack, I, I appreciate you taking us on the San Diego swing and it's always good to have you back on the podcast and we'll have you on a whole lot more here as we get the spring going. Awesome. Looking forward to it. Thanks Les. I want to thank Blaine, Ryan, Steve, and Jack for joining me to recap a busy January here on the At The Yard podcast. Be sure to check out prepbaseballreport.com slash California for all your news, information, preseason previews, player rankings, and events coming to an area near you. And until next time, we'll see you at the yard.